Welcome to the Engaging Personalities Podcast. I'm Anders Belanger, founder and CEO of Engageify, where we're on a mission to rehumanize business through engagement. We believe that we can all be more successful if we can command attention and deepen connection. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on a future episode. So let's get ready to engage. Our guest this episode is definitely an engaging personality. For over 20 years, he's been engaging and delighting attendees as a host and moderator for hundreds of corporate and association meetings of all sizes around the globe for Fortune 500 companies. With a rich background in improv and his playful charm, he's made over a thousand audiences laugh to tears as he skillfully manages the room's energy and brings an air of professionalism to every single event. He's also co-founder of the Agility Group, a communications training company catering to teams and leaders. Not to mention, he's also a good friend of mine. Please welcome to the program from Winnetka, Illinois, Richard Label. All right. Well, that was quite the professional <laughs> intro. Yes. Yes. You're going to be <laughs> very <laughs> seriously. All right. I know. Wow. That was such a hack joke right up front. Awful. I feel bad. Thanks for being here. Um, I'm excited. I'm, I, I'm to excited too. And yeah. and um, you know, uh, you you're you don't really script things out. You got an improv background. I want to ask you about that. I I almost felt bad for like writing out some questions for myself because I kind of wanted to even be more free flowing. But uh, let's see where this goes. Um, let's you know, just Nicole, wing it. Yeah, <laughs> the, the people will tell uh, that this is yeah. yeah flowing yes absolutely can tell already uh so richard uh i've known you for years um i i find your your background fascinating because you you've kind of came up with a a a slew of interesting characters and everything and can you just kind of tell us a little bit about how you got into performing and, and and where you came from um you know i i moved uh to a new town uh, between second and third grade, and I didn't know anybody, and I was kind. I wasn't. Uh, I just had a million friends before that, and I walked into this new school of kids who had been going to school together for three years, and so I was the new kid. And on the back of a box of wheat check cereal, you could order a magic kit for fifty cents and two box tops. So I did it. I brought it, and I did it for show and tell. And at the end, all these kids came up at the end. Oh, show us that. Oh, my God. You know, like I, I it immediately bridged that gap between being the kid that nobody knew and having friends immediately. Mm-hmm. So I started doing magic for a long time in sixth grade. They had an improv class, a troupe that met once a week. So I was in the improv. And this is a long time ago. It's 50 years ago. Uh, I started doing improv and I, I've been pretty much in an improv troupe, probably for the next 20 years from that point. Uh, Worked my way through, did uh, high school and college. And then in Detroit, we had a troupe and performing and I got an offer to come to Second City uh, in Chicago and a thousand people showed up. Thousand people to audition? To audition. Didn't know that. And so then they broke it down to, um, it was like a week long. You only had 15 minutes with 15 other people. 
just, it was like a machine. And then you got a call at the weekend. Yeah, you got called back and 350 people got called back and that took three days, then 150. And then they got it down to 15 people. And it was a full day of doing scripts, improvising, and they hired two of us, uh, myself and um, um, Nia Vardalis, who wrote and starred in my Big Fat Greek Wedding. So I spent about nine years there and was uh, had just gotten married. And we were making $800 a week doing eight, not even, I'm trying to think, like 400 bucks a week doing eight shows. So we started this thing called Second City Communications. And we would take our improv out to Abbott and uh, Motorola and all these big companies. And I was making triple four times what I was making a week uh, at night. So we were charging a lot during the day to do these corporate events. And that just kind of turned into a business. TV Guide wanted me Hewlett Packard. So I started hosting their meetings, doing their trade shows and just built a business starting in about 99. So it's um, about 24 years now. Uh-huh. That's, that's the, uh, that's, I would lo- wish that was a shorter story at this point. So. <laughs> well, no, it's, I think it's important that our listeners, you know, understand your background because then it yeah. kind of, you know, um, ever since I met you at like RSA conference, I don't know how many years ago, you know, 10 plus years ago, probably. That was in the forties. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, you're, you're a fun guy to be around. Um, and I think it's, I mean, well, you're funny. But also, you have this kind of curious curiosity uh, about where things will go. That That's I mean, it's definitely from improv and important about improv. And it's exciting to watch because you don't know what's going to happen, right? You want to be around that kind of energy. And I think, you know, our listeners who who are either in, you know, uh, maybe customer facing things, uh, you know, whether it's sales, marketing, or maybe they're putting on an event, you know. People want to be around that kind of electric energy. So can you tell us a little bit about your, you know, philosophy of just kind of going with it or, or, or when we're in the city, let the city open up to us, as you say. That's right. That's what we would say. You and I go out on town. It's like, should we make reservations? Where should we go? I go, I don't know. Let's just walk out the front door and see what happens. And it's always better than if you make a plan or not always, but more often you're going to run into something you would have never, there's no way you could have planned it. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have lots of those stories. Anyway, I think um, definitely when I'm doing a corporate event, I like to pre-plan and, and understand the client and the mood, but I've been doing it for so long. I think once I walk out there, uh, let's say it's a national sales meeting, I can pretty much gauge who my audience is, how I'm going to tweak what I do based on either their response. And it takes a while for them to get to know you. Who's this guy? What's going on? So you kind of start off slow and a couple self-effacing jokes. And if you make fun of yourself a little bit, then you can have fun with people in the audience and kind of goof. I never want to hurt anybody's feelings. I, I, I don't say I make fun of them. I have fun with them. And, and you always have to punch up. You know, you can never punch down. At, at, you always have to go to somebody either. Can you explain that a little bit for people who are not familiar with that, that term? Uh, it's an old comedy term. Uh, when you're up on stage, you can't, um, I don't know, if somebody's wealthy, let's say they can't make fun of the poor. Uh, or status the, wise. Yeah. Yeah. Status wise. If you're in uh, the senior vice president, you can't make fun of workers or below. You can all, you can make fun of 
the CEO or the board of directors, but you, you always have to punch up or sideways at least. So um, that's what we try to do. I try to have fun with people. And so I'm one of the few people who can kind of, if if it's the right CEO or the right senior vice president, I, I like to kind of goof on them and and talk about their foibles sometimes on stage or, or just goof around if it's the right person. Um, I forget who's the CEO of Cisco. Um, he's, he's not up for it, <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> but the CEO of Discover Card, Roger Hochschild, He's, he's so playful and he takes it and gives it right back. And the audience loves that because they can't make fun of the CEO in front of him, but I can, but, but have fun with him. And especially yeah. if a guy's up for it. So you gotta, gotta kind of meet him beforehand and, and feel it out and see where that goes. Right. Right. Something really different on stage too. Um, a lot of MCs come out and they tell jokes and they introduce people and, and that's and talk about the housekeeping. I uh, love to come out and do engaging things with the audience, get everybody up on their feet doing something or let's meet each other or some rapid bonding or um, maybe one of my old magic tricks. I don't do too many, but I do things with the audience. So those are really fun. We've played rock, paper, scissors with the entire audience. And that's just, those are fun and it gets people involved. And then when I bring somebody out on stage, I don't just say, you know, here's, Here's Anders, the CEO of Engageify. I would introduce you and I stay on stage with them for about a minute. And I find out an interesting fact about them, where they grew up, what's their hobby, what other job, what's the worst job they ever had. And we talk about that for a minute on stage. And so what it does is it takes them from being, here's the CEO to, oh, here's this, here's yeah. this guy who worked at McDonald's at one point, or somebody who has four kids and just whatever that is. And kind of like Johnny Carson or Letterman, which I'm definitely not on that same plane at all. Those are my heroes. Um, They just go out and, and talk. And if you really are connected with somebody and present with them and listen to them, there's, you'll always find something not necessarily funny, but it'll always be interesting. Mm. And the audience loves that. Funny's great. But interesting to me is even better. Well, and I think what you were talking about is finding those commonalities or the humanizing elements, you know, of that person you're introducing. There, everyone has their own, you know, first job or whatever that piece that you asked for. You know, they can then connect to that person, and you just kind of see them. They give them more more texture, more depth to that person right. as opposed to just the title that you know a lot of people would introduce them with. Yeah, I have everybody that I introduce fill out this just a little half a sheet, just your name and how to pronounce your name. Yeah, because there's some really tough ones. And I want to say it the way they say it. And then I usually before backstage say, don't say your name for me, how you say it. And I write it out phonetically so that I I get it correct. Um, And especially as diverse as the world's becoming, it's not all John Smith's anymore. I just introduced Lakshman Krishnamurti. Well, that looks a little bit different when you say it than what it looked like on a piece of paper. So I, I um, do that. And then I ask, you know, what's your hometown? Where'd you go to college? If you, or where'd you go to school? What's your hobby? Uh, what's the worst job you ever had? And I'll tell you, that's where I get probably, that's that commonality you're talking about. Yeah. We've yeah. all had a worse job. So yeah. what's yours? Yeah. I'm asking you. Oh, you, what's my, what was my worst job? 
you know what? One, I still kind of, it, was, it wasn't fun at the time, but I'm glad I did it. But I did um, roguing in fields uh, like for farmers. And roguing is where you walk through a field and you pull out uh, like basically weeds, you know, or, or anything that's not. Like if you're in a field of wheat, yeah. you're like getting down low and you're looking for different, you know, heads uh, that are that look different from everything and then you pull and then you pull them out pull everything it, that's not weed yeah so <laughs> it when in doubt pull it out and so that's it was just right. like a lot of like walking in a field and you know in the beating sun and and that sort of thing but uh that's great um, yeah so um so so now richard let's let's dig into the kind of the you know improv uh i guess maybe the, the tools that improv can teach people and maybe some of the things that you get into with the agility group too that uh, when you train you know, what okay. is it about improv? I mean, it's intimidating as heck to people who haven't done it, right? Like, it's just like, oh, but what are those? Well, you know, you say that, yeah. but we're improvising right now. You, right. Every conversation you have with anyone, you're improvising. No one's got a script. Yeah. People go, I could never improvise. I go, we just had a conversation for a minute. You improvised through the whole thing. Now, there's tweaks that you can do to make that better. Uh, being present truly present in the moment, connected to that person, listening to their words, deep listening. And uh, those those are the two biggies to me. So if you're yeah. on stage, when we improvised at Second City, um, if you were truly present with your partner and then listening to their words, not in your own head thinking what's gonna be funny, but you wanna take what they say and add to it and move that scene forward. So if you can make your partner look good and they're making you look good, you got a great scene. So, so. is it is that moan or mainly how I can't even do my own words here. Mainly the problem is that people are so in their heads and they're they're concerned, they're not being present, they're not listening. Just like in a conversation you have to listen, but you're not on stage, so you're not concerned about how you look and how everything is. Is is that part of why well, uh oh, what's oh? For, for those of you just listening, there's a a cat making a a little uh, cameo here. Sorry, this is my yeah. old grandma, and you you've got to go down. We just got uh, and for those of you watching, uh, we just got these three kittens. So, Aww. always had lots of animals my whole life. Anyway, she can go lay down. Well, um, you know, which is actually so, good point. We're talking about improv, embracing the now and the what is right is a big thing too right you just like whatever it gives you 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 roll absolutely with, right so about four years ago right was it three i don't know times time's kind of weird these last couple of years yeah. um right in the beginning of the pandemic an old client called and said i have this group of engineers in the around the world and they go into these meetings with our sales group and they just want to read the PowerPoint. They don't want to interact with the clients. The, if a client brings up an objection, they, they don't know how to deal with it. They're not in the, they just want to get in there, say their thing. Not, so they, uh, I called an old friend of ours, William Hall, who's been doing uh, applied improvisation and corporate training. Applied improv is taking the principles of improvisation and applying it to the business world. So we came up through discussions with them a five 90-minute sessions, deep listening, being present, and a couple that we worked on were uh, 
dealing with objections and those things. And so we ran those and they said it was life-changing for their business. One of the participants wrote us, it's not only changed how I talk to my clients, I talk to my wife and my kids differently now. Mm, And like to hear something like that to go, okay, great, you paid us, which was lovely. But we also changed the way you communicate. Yeah. And so it's it's this twofold thing, which is what we've been doing the last four years with uh, together. And we had so much fun. We said, wow. So we started a company called the Agility Group. And now we're doing it for uh, just at Microsoft, Caldwell Banker. Uh, we have Lincoln Financial next week. So it's, it's just, um, I think it's what my life's work been leading up to, taking everything I've learned through my life and passing it on to these people to make their lives better. Yeah. It's so rewarding to hear that it's impacted them not only, you know, financially, but personally as well. Right. 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 It's great. Yeah. So it's, it, you know, usually you just look, I, I have the audience engaged and having fun and I didn't really change yeah. anybody's life up there. I made the meeting better, you know? Right. So. Right. Yeah. So, so what's, what's something like um, maybe I know you do a lot of interactive workshops when you're, you know, doing these trainings, cause it has to be experiential, right? You can't sit up there and lecture. Uh, At all. People. Yeah. We right. work in three ways. Okay. So cognitive, we talk about the concept okay. and it's experiential. We get everybody up to do a myriad of different exercises, depending on what we're working on. And then we debrief it. Mm-hmm. So this is what we're going to be talking about. Here it is. You don't learn something until you talk about it. And so you, you have to experience it. it and then you have to yeah. relate it. How does this relate to your business? How do you think you can use this? Why do you think we did this? How did yeah. that feel? Right. And, right. So, so yeah. can you give me an example? And, and this may be a little bit, you know, cause we're not going to have really the experiential piece of it here, but if you kind of said, okay, here's one of the concepts. And right. this is Let's the, do one. Ready? All right. Okay. I, I, I'm going to tell a story and I want you to interrupt me uh, whenever you can and, and tell me something when, when something hits your head. Oh, I, I know that. Or, oh, that if it reminds you of something, you just break in and say that and then go, oh, I'm sorry. Keep going with your story. Okay. okay. And we'll just keep, and keep, inter- keep interrupting. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, so we just got back from Palm Springs and we stayed at this really nice resort. Uh, it had a pool and I, um, I know that I've, I've been in some nice resorts with pools. Yeah. Okay, great. Oh, good. Um, so we were there and we, we, we went out to dinner. We had some great Italian food uh, the first night we were there. And um, what, so did you have pasta? That's good. It's really, I like pasta. I, and, and it's probably my fault. I might not have explained it to you because I, I'm not. I, <laughs> I'm doing this wrong. <laughs> You're not. You're not. It was not you at all. It was me. Um, what we have people do, let me explain it to you. We have people steal Let's the conversation. Get it. And you explain steal, how it should Steal go. the conversation and make it about you. Okay. Okay. That's maybe okay. the piece that I forgot to say. In uh, okay. Gotcha. Not prepared to, to, to run a workshop here with you. No, I know. I, I should have been. Um, and you steal the conversation and then go, oh, I'm sorry, and then and send it back to me. Then steal it and then send it back. And so then okay. we talk about that. Do you ever yeah. how many people do that? Everybody in the room does that. Right? right. How does that make you how did that make you feel as the person telling the story? Well, it's kind of annoying. Why do we do that? 
well, yeah. to make a connection. Well, does it make a connection? And, and you talk about it. Yeah. Well, everybody does that. And so we go through a couple different conversations where finally at the end, you really just sit there and listen to somebody's story. Really listen to it. Yeah. Don't think about what you have to say or how it relates to you. Just listen to their story. And you'll watch the progression of these people over 15 mm. or 20 minutes. Just change the way they communicate and listen. Yeah. So. Well, that's good. That's what I wanted was to kind of you take it from beginning to end to kind of see what is that transition. And, and while we were doing that little sample, I did feel really rude because <laughs> I was like, uh, this, you know, so but that teaching that awareness and the lack of presence and leaving space for people. Right. Like that. Those are right. some of the takeaways that that happen. OK, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And well, you have to be interested. Yeah. You have to be interested in what somebody's saying or feign mm -hmm. it pretty well. And if you do listen to somebody, it becomes interesting. Yeah. I, I think I love, uh, I worked with Bill Clinton one time. I had to introduce him for a national sales meeting and we were backstage and they had food and people. And I watched him and he would talk to the CEO, but then the guy who was cleaning the glasses up from the hotel, he would talk to him and there was nobody else in the room except for him. Mm. And when he talked to me, I was there. It was like, it was just the two of us in that room. And I asked him, I said, I feel like I'm the only person that you're talking to. And when I walked and I told him that he goes, I find that everybody I talk to has an interesting story and mm. has something I can learn. I can learn something from everyone. So I'm trying to find that. And it changed my life about how wow. I interact with people now. Yeah. So I, and I've heard that about Bill Clinton, that even in like uh, an arena of people, you know, him speaking, that you feel you're the only one in his presence is off the charts. Right. But I've never heard you tell that story that, that he's looking for that something that he can learn from people because then you give everyone, well, not that, not only that space, but you're, you're kind of being curious about every person you talk to. Right. Exactly. That, so I've been that, saving that story. I know we've spent a lot of time together, but I've been saving that just for this podcast. <laughs> so it's about a 15 year wait and it's, it feels so good Ooh. to get it off my chest. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, well, thank you. And, and our listeners, thank you. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. No, I mean, like, that's just a takeaway. I think when we're talking about presence here with the distractions of modern day life, right. With uh, notifications and you know, Apple watches and all of these things happening. It's very hard and very rare that people are fully invested in the person in front of them. Right. And it, and it takes work and, and a commitment to doing that. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You could see people want to change. And, and one of the things we talk about, this is just, we're just letting you know that you should be aware of this. Yeah. The next time you do steal the conversation, just, just realize it. Not that you did something. Oh, Oh, I just did that. Yeah. You know, and, and the more you practice something, it becomes a habit. It it has to start with awareness, right? That's that's gotta be the first point of, of where the behavior change has to, you know, start making that shift. My kids uh, in high school said like twice a sentence. <laughs> and we, you know, we paid a lot for their education. And I said it, it makes you sound uneducated. Uh, so I filled up a, a jar with uh, quarters and every time i heard him say like i took a quarter out in the first week both jars were empty 
it was $20. And by the third week, they each had $20. They stopped saying it completely right. just because they became aware. They still weren't aware that they were saying it all the time. Yeah. And I think that was uh, it's an interesting thing to. Well, with them, I had to pay them. <laughs> I don't think well, I could have gotten them to change much other way. So. Incentivize the the behavior change, and and I think you know that's something else that we can talk about too. Is you know that that awareness is comes you know part and parcel with what you're giving off, and executive presence being something that people work on and people you know want to get better at but sometimes they don't know what they're putting out, right? They don't know what kind of vibe they're, uh, or how they're being perceived, I should say. And when you notice someone that you're talking to is really listening to you, those people around you, who do you like to talk to, who don't you? There's those people that really are deeply involved with you and you, you like those people. So I always go, oh, I wanna be that person. I wanna be that one that people wanna talk to that, you know, that you're at a, a, a party or a cocktail party or over at somebody's house. So you have to listen and then people will listen to you. It's really mm -hmm. interesting how that dynamic plays back and forth. Most people listen so that they're just waiting for that pause so they can say something. Yeah. It, it so. reminds me of, you know, if you want to be respected, you need to, re you know, you need to respect them first, right? right. You kind of, if you can go first, by giving them, you know, your full presence, your full awareness, they will do the same for you. So if you want to have people pay attention to you, you need to be fully present and paying attention to them. And you're going to be talking to my partner uh, yeah. coming up, William. Yeah. And he'll be, he'll be able to dig down to that. So I've been improvising a long time, but only been doing this applied improv for a few years. William's been doing it for well over 20. So he's going to, I'm learning from him, which is fun. It's a new phase of my life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I find it interesting, Richard, because you are, you've been doing an improv so long. You, you're, it's in your bones. You're so intuitive about doing it. Right. And, right. and, and sometimes, but when we are so good at something, we sometimes don't exactly know we can't deconstruct it because we've been just been doing it so long. Right. And right. that's where William, he's kind of, just from my conversations with him, he's, he's actually kind of broken it down a little bit too, you know, and he's kind of, he's like the professor, right? He's the, uh, oh, you he's, know, he's, he's one of the greats at it. I yeah. mean, he's very, very well respected in this field. Yeah. And I feel like it's an honor that he, uh, we chose to be partners together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so it's just been lovely. It's been a, a kind of a new, I still do what I do. I still love to host meetings. It's my fun. It's my, I can walk out there. I'm, I'm well, after 20, 25 years of doing it, I've gotten pretty good. Yeah. I got my 10,000 hours in, Yeah, but to watch him work and, and I bring a certain gravitas to our, our things and silliness and fun. And William brings that heady professorial, but he's equally as funny and fun. So uh, uh, we're definitely, um, it, it's a Venn diagram, you know, of, of mm -hmm. this yeah. and that. We have some crossover, so it really works well with each other. Well, let's. You were just talking about hosting the meetings. Let's let's talk about that a little bit because um, I think we've we've shared this in the past. As far as you know, um, sometimes we talk to a client and they have a chance to bring in a professional MC, you know, for an event, 
and they they kind of don't they don't really sometimes see the need and there's a big education component about why you need an MC because a good MC you know keeps the well I'll ask you what a good MC does but they're not the headliner or speaker so in the minds of the client it's not high on their priority list but we know different so Richard tell me tell me what what does a good MC do and why why do people need to hire a good MC well just before that to the teaching part is difficult until they see it so I have a, uh, I had to come up with a really good tape, demo tape. Oh, you can talk to them till they're blue in the face until they see it. And I get most of my work from referrals or somebody having seen me. Mm-hmm. Because when they see what I do, it's the best way to sell it. A good MC uh, keeps the audience engaged and listening. I've had speakers go up, economists who are, so horribly boring, but filled with great information. So here's an hour of this wonderful information, but it's told in dry, just just dry. Well, that next speaker who's about to come up and I have two minutes in between those, I've got to wake that audience back up and give that second speaker a fresh audience, even Mm. though they're, they're still sitting there. So I come out, I do something big, I do something I out in the audience or ask a trivia question, do a, do a joke. Um, here. This is my most, this is my most talked about thing I've ever done. So I usually try to dress up one level above the audience. So yeah. if it's out down in Florida and everybody's wearing shorts at a meeting, I have on a pair of khakis and a shirt. If they're khakis and a shirt, I have a sport coat. If they're in sport coats, I have a suit. You know, so we try to dress up, but this is uh, something I do, one of those things. Uh, gentlemen, if you're wearing a tie, uh, ladies, if you have a scarf on, and uh, here's something you can do if you're really bored. It's just a one minute thing to get the audience back. I said, so maybe you're waiting for a dentist's office or, or you're in traffic. If you've got a scarf or a tie on, you can roll the big end up like this, and then you can roll the small end up as well. People start to titter a little bit and you go and then you can race them down to the bottom to see who's going to win and it gets a laugh you go so who do you think's going to win big or little and the audience yells big yeah. little and i yeah. go oh it's a tie and it just gets a laugh it gets some and, booze and, and, for the and people, i go i heard a couple of booze out there yeah. but you know come monday you're gonna go hey bob come here look at this it's a tie so i don't know why i get that brought up to me are you gonna do yeah. the tie joke are you and, and the people guy. listening who couldn't see that, that's what I was just going to interject. Oh, sorry. Is, yeah, he rolls up the skinny end, rolls up the fat end, and then lets them go. They unroll. And, and then it's a tie. It's a tie. Yeah. yeah. So it's, so yeah, it's a good, that's it's a good corny. Game. It's, it's yeah. corny. It's visual. Yeah. It's silly, but yeah. it's quick. Um, it, yeah. It's quick, but the audience laughs and everybody's up. And now I've re- kind of invigorated yeah. them in a moment. I go, great. You know, I make fun of them a little bit. You know, oh, you're sure yeah. you're going to do this at work Monday. Hey, speaking of work, let's bring out blah, blah, blah. Right. We have a quick conversation that I talked about earlier. So yeah. what are we talking about? And he says it. And I go, let's have a nice hand for Bob. And yeah. he's on with this thing with a fresh crowd. Yeah, That's one thing yeah. we do. I, I think, you know, when you come out like that, I can just see it 
you know, at a conference, you know, whether it's customers come to a conference or it's an internal, you know, sales meeting or whatever, just every time you come out because you've given them, you're like a, you're spiking their dopamine, right? Every time they come out, they're like, Ooh, what's he going to do this time? Well, right. Like, oh, that's the, that's that guy. We need yeah. to pay attention. Right. Right. And it's kind of, yeah, you've trained them, you know, to do that. And you are like a human pattern interrupt, right? Yeah. That, that last speaker is at a certain level you come out and do something completely different. And because of that change, that shift, you know, as, you know, I, I study engagement and everything. And what, what, what grabs our attention are those changes, right? right? If something smells the same all the time, you, you stop smelling it, right? It's right. the new things, new smells that are the new sounds, the new noises, the new movement, right? So, yeah. Uh, absolutely. yeah. And they let me run panels. So yeah. if I'm running, um, there's a bunch of speakers that I go, or, or interviews. Maybe it is a bad speaker like that guy. Let's put two chairs out there and let me interview him. Mm. So much more interesting for the audience to watch a conversation than it is to listen to a speech. Right. right. And so, well, how are we going to do that? I said, well, let me know what you're talking about. Why don't we come up some questions that can get you from A to B to C to D to take you through your talk. And then occasionally, if I find something humorous, I realize this show is not about me. Yeah. It's about getting those messages across. So that I have to keep in mind. I think a lot of MCs are comedians and it's like, hey, dig me, I'm yeah. funny, this and that. And now here's Bob. And mine is, hey, wake up everybody. We got a great, we got a lot of information right. to share with you. So if I can share that information with the attendees in a more palatable way, yeah. then I think, you know, once you get an audience laughing, they're engaged. Yeah. And that's really what makes a successful meeting is to have engaged attendees. Right. And you have, you must have to have a lot of, you know, self-awareness and kind of keeping your ego in check because you are, you know, you're delivering the mission of a successful event, not I'm going to go out there and kill it for me, right? For, you know, it's it's under that greater uh, overarching goals that you always keep in mind, right? Or like, and I run Q and A from the audience. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they just have a microphone out there, and people have to walk up to it, and they're all over the place. I run around the audience. I don't care if it's a thousand people. I can make it around the room. I'm okay. scanning while the guy's asking, answering the last question. I'm scanning the room to see who's got their hand up, yeah. so I make it over to them. It's like and Donahue, I've had, right? and and it's one of those times where there's some humor where. Somebody goes, I have a question, and they go on and on and on. Their question right. is two minutes long. Right. And I go, um, I'm sorry, could you repeat that? And it just gets a huge laugh every time. And the person usually laughs, too. Uh, and, yeah. and then the guy answers it. So it's, it's those little moments where you right. call out the obvious, or you're, and you have to be present for those. Yeah. Well, and, and by doing so, you are also inoculating the audience from doing that again possibly right you're pointing out the error in their ways in a fun way training right. now everyone goes yeah I, oh yeah we got to keep those questions snappy right, right? like that's <laughs> right I, you're right i don't want to get kidded you know yeah. So, yeah and it's all it's all always done in a fun way yes i never well, want that person to feel bad you know, yeah. I don't say them, but oh, pardon me. Hey, uh, could you repeat that for me? I, I missed it. You know, or, yeah. it's on yeah. me. Yeah. You know, so that's what I've always loved about you too, Richard. Is that you? Everything you say, you have a smile on your face, and even your tone of voice 
you always sound like you're maybe kidding. Like, you know, like, and, and so no one will ever take you, uh, no one will ever be offended because they, they, they have, they have that sense of, I don't know if it's tongue in cheekness or whatever you'd say, but it's, you're, you, you, you're able to play in this zone that people want to be goofing around. Yeah. We're just just having fun. Right. Yeah. I hear that a lot. They go, I cannot believe you just said that to that person. And they (laughs) smiled like at a, at a restaurant or a store. Yeah. Oh, I've been there. I've been there with you. you. I'm like, Oh my goodness. I can't believe you just, yeah. But you gotta make fun of yourself too. Yeah. So, you know, that was the difference between Don Rickles. He was mean to everybody, but Don was never mean to himself. So I think you have to, I'm, I'm at least 50 per self, 50% self-effacing. Yes. Yes. I, I don't get this. Yeah. What are you talking about? Oh, geez. Yeah. You know, yeah. Take room full of engineers. I can't understand it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It, well, and, and that's, yeah, that's adorable, right? They're like, no, oh, look at the poor. Oh, you know, look at the poor. <laughs> He's out of his depth. <laughs> In most everything. Yeah. 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 So I, I love it. it. I have a lot of fun. And most people once, um, I have a 97% return rate Yeah. Uh, when somebody does hiring. It's getting that job that's the tough part, to try to explain to them what that brings to a meeting and how your meeting is going to be that much more successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then usually the other 3% are companies that fold. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, yeah. That stuff happens all but the time. Then somebody goes to another company and says, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm over at, at this. Um, yeah. I was talking to the people here. Yeah. So, yeah. Going back, you, same thing with you. You're 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 insane at what you do. You get everybody involved. You keep eye contact. Eye how big is that in your business doing a trade show? I which, sw- I swear you look at every single person. Oh yeah. Every yeah, person yeah. couple times. Well, and and I think that's you know when when I'm doing a uh, presentation in a trade show booth, I like to think of it as like we're we're co-creating an event, right? Right, right then. And everyone's got to be a part of it and everyone's an important piece of it. And of course, they can leave at any time. They can walk away, right? So just that kind of involvement and understanding that, you know, we're building something special, you know, and I think that's what you do too, where when people uh, experience something that's in the moment and very present, people have this feeling of, I'm glad I was here for this, right? I didn't know this was going to happen, but I'm glad I was here when it did happen, right? Yeah, that fourth wall. Yeah. So when you do yeah. a voice of God to introduce your people, now here's the stage and here's the attendees, and they're very separated by the front of the stage. Mm. But I walk yeah. off that stage. Yeah. I talk to those people. Yeah. Everybody, you know, at, at a meeting without an MC, they're just talking to themselves up there, and you just sit here and listen. Right. But I want, I want this all. We're all part of this yeah. meeting to make this successful. Yeah. We need the all of it. When you said talking to yourself up there, it reminds me too of, you know, especially like sales meetings, you get the, you know, maybe it's the CRO, the VP of sales or something like I'll MC it. But the thing is, if that person is on stage the whole time or, or a lot of the time, what they say has less and less of an impact because it isn't framed, right? That person would be head up that portion of the company. And if you have an MC there, who can, you know, again, introduce them, edify them, build them up. They come out and they say that message they want, and then they're gone. 
I think that's a lot more impactful. Is it? Is it? Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I, I had a uh, uh, a guy that did host it, and somebody wanted to bring me in the head of communications. And I got on the call with him. He goes, "Well, I always MC it, and I'm pretty good at it." I go, "Well, maybe one year. How about how about we just co-host together? How about you know, I'll take some of the heavy lifting off you. You can you know still be present. We can do some stuff together." At the end of the meeting, he goes, "You're doing this alone next year." <laughs> I said, "Okay, why? Why? What made you change your mind?" He goes, "A, I have to get ready for this meeting for two weeks." I have to be up here. I have clients in the audience and I have to be getting ready for the next thing where I should be yeah. doing my job. Yeah. Like he goes, hosting this meeting is not my job. So it really takes me out of being the chief marketing officer for two weeks, preparing for the show during the show where I should be out with the people in the hallways talking, having coffee. Mm -hmm. But I hadn't thought of that before. That's a really good point you just brought up. Thanks for that. Yeah, you're welcome. I, and I think what you just said too, it's like, you know, like real estate, there's a highest and best use for a piece of real estate or a building or something like that, right? Where, you know, the highest and best use, you're a specialist, like yeah. let the specialists do their thing, right? So the, the CMO is going to do a CMO thing or a VP of sales do a VP of sales thing. You're a professional MC and host, bring them in, let them rock the event, right? And but we're, uh, and I know uh, we had that similar thing where we're also, we have this uh, chunk of us that's a consultant. So mm -hmm. I go through with my clients of the agenda and I give them best practices that I've learned from yeah. doing hundreds and hundreds of shows. Well, you know, sometimes the, uh, we've found that this works better. And all you can do is offer those nuggets up and those little gifts. And sometimes they take them, sometimes they don't. Mm -hmm. And nine times out of 10, it doesn't go well. And they never look it back at you and go, geez, we should have listened to you. <laughs> well, it's always, you know, with, with first time clients, you always, it's like a learning process and there's a lot of trust that needs to be built. And then I'm sure, you know, the next year when they bring you back, they. Now I have, I have clients for 10 on Lincoln. <laughs> I'm doing Lincoln uh, next week. I'm seeing it and the agility groups doing a, a session. Um, it's my 20th year. Wow. They bring me in in the beginning to help yeah. them with the agenda and craft the meeting from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's real fun. You're almost a part of the company at that point, right? They kind of like yeah. if they if they had an event without you, it would be like a riot, right? Like, you know, where is he? There's a board. The guy says, as long as I'm involved with Lincoln, you'll be hosting this meeting. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, it's my annuity. You know, yeah. they're a financial company. I've used that joke. It's much funnier on their stage than it is on this podcast. Right, right, yeah. Well, knowing your audience, you know, this is what you're what you're talking about, you know, and being And it's interesting them. to have to be a little bit of a, a renaissance man uh, in the smallest sense, where I do absolute vodka, Fisher-Price toys, Lincoln Financial, uh, uh, different associations, IBM Association, as well as the Nurses Association. So I, I learned so much. It's so interesting to me to learn about all these different things. There's a popcorn makers association. It's, it's, I think it's like 60 years old. It, people that make popcorn. Well, have I make popcorn. Meeting Could I be a part of that association? You know, like. <laughs> There's a trade show that you go to for trade shows. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. There's an There's... association of association management. It's just. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. so interesting to me and, and learning a little bit about everything. It's really yeah. fun.
Yeah, so. no, it's, it's, uh, but it's, there's so many different associations, so many different um, audiences. And yet you then get to experience kind of this uniting, you know, uh, force of our commonalities and how, you know, this works with everybody, right? There's going to be some differences that you tweak to be relevant. And yet we're all human and we're all going to, you know, have similar experiences. And I just think that's probably rewarding too, to see that kind of, you know. And, and most, the vast majority of companies and associations I work for have just lovely corporate cultures. Yeah. But boy, when you come up with a tough one where everybody's out for themselves and there's backstabbing, and I don't find that very often, but when you see it, you go, ooh, yeah, I don't work here. You, you can spot culture quickly, just from your, your frame of reference that you've had. Before right? the show, yeah, yeah, the way the phone calls, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. And if you can even tweak that a little bit with some humor, it's fun, like, but yeah. a lot yes. of that. I don't know what those kids are doing here. Let's just get across judgy, judgy McJudge look, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, hey, Richard, before before we wrap things up, um, yeah. you know, I'm just pulling from you know our conversation here because we went in all different directions, but you know, the whole presence and listening, I think that's huge for for people as a takeaway from this episode. Is you know when you're, uh, can you can you uh, put a little finer point on that for like what what's the challenge that someone could do uh the next conversation they have or something like that that just to just to remind them to to be fully present so um about presence uh i would go read a little bit about buddha's life Mm. um he his i mean i love him think a great guy he's you know never said that he was a deity he's just a man but his whole take is the past is gone. Like two seconds ago is gone. We don't know what's coming up. All you have is now. Mm-hmm. So I walk through the woods almost every single morning. This morning I saw two owls fly overhead. I stood and talked to three deer that were maybe 20 feet away from me. It's my morning today. It was insane. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't thinking of anything else. I was so present in that moment with them and just in awe of nature mm. and that time. And, and if you can think about where I am right now, so that presence helps you with the listening to be present with that person. You only have this moment right now. Oh, now it's gone. Oh, now it's gone. You know, that quick. Yeah. Here's one, one little thing. Uh, we're going to have a conversation. I want you to take the last letter of the sentence I say, and you have to start your next sentence with a word that starts with that last letter. Okay. Okay. So an example would be, oh, I went to the zoo. You say, oh, no, I thought it was closed. D, darn it. Okay. So let's let's try that. You say anything. Uh, Richard, it's so nice having you on the show. Wow, it's been a long time coming. Going to have to have you on again another time in the future. Every time we get together makes me happy. You're great. So that's a game you can play Mm. with someone without telling them you're playing it. And it's... (laughs) 
it's a it's a practice listening yeah. skill that you can work on because if you're trying to you have to listen to them yeah. to figure out what their last letter is and you can take right. a pause and start that now they're not going to do your last letter no no but, but it's 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 you have to start every sentence with them with the last letter they said Oh, that's awesome. I, I, I love that because you're playing a game that no one else has to be involved in. But you know what I mean? They have to be involved, but they don't have to know. And, and But it you, helps you practice your listening. Yeah. yeah. And you're just like happy every time you're doing it. You're like, yeah. Like you're just pumping your fist and they're like, why is this guy so pumped about what I'm, what I'm saying? You're at a cocktail party at a friend's house. Like you get yeah. cornered by that person that you right. know, has a story that goes on and on or yeah. whatever. You just don't want to talk to him. Oh, play that game. Yeah. That makes that whole conversation so much more fun. Oh, man. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. Hey, Thanks uh, for having we, me. Yeah. Before you go, um, how can people reach out to you? How can they connect with you? Uh, you can go to engageify.ai. Is that what it is? Is it? Uh, you're, you're probably on there somewhere because we do. I am on there. use I, your I, services I, I, from time to time. I know uh, you do. Richard, uh, uh, see, there's my name right there on the front of the screen, but uh, uh richardlabel.com is pretty much the easiest way to find me or the agilitygroup.net. Okay. But it's label L-A-I, B as in boy, L-E. I was going to take my wife's last name, which was Stack, only because it was easier to spell. Right. <laughs> Richard, Richard Stack. Stack? Sounds so like Robert a, Stack. Yeah. I like know. Yeah. I thought that would have been, anyway, my parents had a, a fit over that and so did hers. Like the woman's name that was, that was many years ago so i think yeah. now she probably just keep her last name yeah. so anyway yep richardlabel.com pretty easy and or they can get in touch with you and uh then you'll get your little piece <laughs> all right hey richard thank you so much for coming on um you know we'll do we will do best. it again sometime because this is this is fun so uh well you have william on and yeah. then have William and I together. Ah, that's a good idea. Yeah. That'd be Let's a fun one. Okay. All right. Cool. Thanks, everybody, right. for listening, watching, and being here. All right. Thanks, Rich. Oh, wait. Hang on. Wait. Well. Bye. Bye. <laughs> okay. Again, one more thing where I have to illustrate for the listeners. He's got oh, a tiny hand on his finger. There we and now 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 he's got them up against his face and the over his mouth. Okay. I like to say, let's have a nice big hand for that person, and you get some applause. And I go, that's a tiny hand. Yeah. I wanted a big hand. All right. We should cut that. Yeah. But we open with a gag, close with a gag. You know, that's, that's right. the book ends right there. Now the audience right. is gagging. All right. Thanks, Richard. Take care. Here, pal. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Engaging Personalities. If you believe this world needs more engagement and you're an industry leader or you have an interesting take on rehumanizing business, go to go.engageify.ai slash podcast hyphen guest to apply and come on the show. If you got something out of this interview, do you mind sharing it on your social media? Just grab a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show. Include the hashtag engaging personalities. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any episode. Go ahead and subscribe your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? 
go to our website, engageify.ai, or follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening and stay engaged. Thank you.